best of Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5. Hey, this is Kimber and here are today's best bits from Clairsey, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5. Having seen the promos of the new Channel 7 show 800 Words, it's true. Eric Thompson basically is the Benjamin Button of Australian TV. Since Dave Rafter is no longer Dave Rafter, you look 10 years younger, mate. Well done. Well, yeah, I've had some time to, uh, you know, sort of unwind, look after myself. Also, when I was doing rafters, you know, I was going home to babies, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't sort of matter that I was sort of putting a bit of weight on and, you know, getting a bit old, not getting enough sleep. Um, but since then, I've managed to sort of get, get balance back in my life. Thank you. That's very much. Sweet. Yeah. Very good. It's pretty hard to find, but when you get it, when you get it, oh, well, the difference. It's it's very hard to hold on to when you do get it. Mm. Now, I really Brilliant. want to talk about this about this show, eight hundred words. But before we do, I just need to quickly cover something off because just off air a moment ago, you said you've been bitten by a stingray. I, Who gets well, stung got, by a stingray? I got stung by a stingray at Mandurah Beach when I came out for the telethon. I was oh. na- you know name drop alert, but I was out for a surf with Marty Sachs and Ryan Quanton. Oh, I was down there for a surf, and yeah. I got stung by a stingray. I, yeah. I always yeah. thought that was a very serious. I guess I only really know the Steve Irwin story, but that seems like being stung by a stingray seems very severe. Yeah, well, mm. I, I think the stingray sounds better than the, the other alternative, which was cobblerfish. But it, just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't make the story as good, so I'm sticking to stingray. Okay, yeah, that yeah. sounds good, yeah. Mate, the promos for this look awesome, but uh, all I can see is a middle-aged man having a look, quick look at this is Eric's looking good in the good shirt, and he's got a whole lot of 45-year-old hot women lined up to, to date him. Is this the basis of this widower story? Oh, look, it's there's a little bit of that. I mean, I think uh, it's it's more basically a story about you know starting over and you know just trying to break out of the, this funk that they're in after his, his wife dies and trying to do make, make a rash decision. Yeah. But there is elements and the the daughter cottons onto it in in episode one that hang on, dad's not just we haven't just lost mum, but suddenly dad's a single man. There is definitely something in the water in Weld, and I have to mention Weld, yep. the town that that we're in uh, was named after the sixth prime minister of New Zealand, Sir okay. Frederick Weld, right. But then he came to WA and he was the eighth premiere of WA. Oh, that's oh, so It's kind of like a co-production between Perth and New Zealand. Oh, nice. we could have had, so a, there you go. Could have had a town called Piggy if it had been Piggy Muldoon later <laughs> well, on. Exactly. You know, but there's the local tie-in. I worked very hard to find one. Well done. Yeah, yeah. We like that you did your research now. <laughs> nice answer. So yeah. is, is the whole show filmed in New Zealand or predominantly? Yeah. The first you know, five or ten minutes are in Sydney. And then, uh, yeah, then we shot it all in New Zealand. So about an hour out of Auckland. Beautiful um, place to visit. New yeah, Zealand, like really nice great. place well, to be. I was be. brought up in um, in Tauranga, which is about two and a half hours southeast of Auckland, and I worked and lived in Auckland in my early career. But I used to sit out at this beach that we shot at and just look back at the land and go, "I've got to, I've got to live here one day." I've really got, I love this beach. And then mm. so to get a chance to work there uh, over a beautiful summer um, was just uh, an absolute treat. That is a joy. It is an amazing place. No, everyone in New Zealand goes, "Oh, you know, you can you can surf in the morning and ski in the afternoon." <laughs> no one's ever done it. No, no. But they, Sounds they good. Say, but you could. I think what's great too is that. You've got some different actors in this. Yeah, well, um, we've got about 12 main cast and half of us are Aussies, myself and the family, and we've got a Sydney actor called Emma Leonard, but then Rick Donald, who's probably recognisable from Underbelly, and uh, mm. and um, Dr. Blake, and Bridie Carter from McLeod's Daughters. She's been around for a while, yeah. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she's yep. got a role in it. But all the New Zealand actors are predominantly very well known in New Zealand, but they've never been to Australia, and so they kind of hit the ground running at a really high level, and uh, it was fantastic. We had a great time, a great bunch of people. That makes the, the world a difference. So have you guys filmed the whole season, the whole first season? Yeah, it's all, it's all done. It's all in the can it's all polished sitting there ready to go to air so uh carry on absolutely and uh 
I know that's uh, tough to ask you. What you know, you have your favourite children as such, and I speak, of course, of the work that you're doing. But do you prefer working uh, TV or movies? Is is there a great uh, difference in the way that that it works as an actor? Yeah, look, I mean, I've I've worked and uh, I've done you know stage and I've done all of them actually. Mm. But I, and I I really love television because yeah. uh, general and I like doing long run television series like I did four years in All Saints and five years in Rafters and yeah, just it, it's a really nice. Um, vibe. Oh, I felt reminiscent yeah. then. I, I miss All Saints. Oh, I really yeah. loved All yeah. Saints. Yeah. Oh, I had such a crush on Georgie Parker. I feel like she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, that's, that's, you... that's her secret. Yeah. That's her secret. And I've been, I've been lucky too to have a chance to you know, work with Georgie so closely and also then Rebecca. You know, I've, I've yeah. been very mm. fortunate. They're two you know, fantastic actors and great people. And in this show, I'm kind of flying solo for the first time. I really wish I could just turn to one of those women. But <laughs> yeah. most yeah. recently, Rebecca, uh, obviously, and say... Well, you'll find one in the town. You need to wait on his shoulders. Well, lucky yeah. you're Benjamin Button, mate. So yeah, you're there, good. There you go, yeah. Next yeah. time we see you, we're 20. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Cheers, thank you. We caught up with this man not that long ago. Uh, Mikey, we did talk about his looks. Uh, they're not questionable whatsoever. Exactly. From the boy from Oz to hosting the Oscars, from Swordfish to Australia, from Wolverine to Les Mis, he can do it all, really, can't he? In fact, he's one of those guys who's he's so good at everything. I wonder if he's human. <laughs> Let's find out. He shaved his head and went uh, yellow in the teeth to do star as Blackbeard in Pan. His name is Hugh Jackman. Radio Hugh, how are you, mate? I'm good. Were you reveling in the costume for this film, Pan? Because oh. <laughs> it, it seems yeah. like you don't get many chances to play such an animated character. You know, when I when I met Joe, right, the director, and he he said, "Oh, listen, I've got this picture of what I think Blackbeard should look like," and it, had, it did have my face and superimposed on it was the wig of Marie Antoinette and the costume <laughs> uh, and the, the costume of Louis the Fourteenth, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I just it was so wacky and it and it's Neverland. It should be a little bit out there and you know, he had just a really eccentric kind of view of it and every day playing this guy who loves the sound of his voice and just sort mm. of can go from being charming to wicked to just completely changing on a dime was it was so much fun. Speaking of uh, Joe Wright, the director, but I'll just play this little bit that people may not have heard as yet. Welcome to that is an absolute vocal shredder, mate. Did he make you do that a hundred times? <laughs> I did have to redo it, by the way, in the uh, in the uh, ADR stage, which is additional dialogue required. So you go and loop it, and it was an absolute shredder. It took yeah. me a couple of days. Yeah, the post recordings, you got to love that. Oh, and exactly, Levi Miller, the young boy in Pan, oh. he's such a talent. I mean, yeah. can you help? Can you help yourself from fathering him on set? No, I just, you know. By the way, the most polite kid you've ever met in your life. Yeah. You know, he, he came to hello, Mr. Jackman. How are we nice to meet you. It's an honour to work. I said, mate, Levi, call me Hugh, mate. We're going to be working together, <laughs> and he was just a legend from the beginning to end. His family are adorable, and I stood next to the camera at one point you know we were doing a scene together the camera was on Levi and I just looked over to Seamus the 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 cameraman and I, I had a look in my eye like how good was that and he just turned to me and goes don't say anything don't say anything because I don't think this kid has any idea how good he is uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, he said you know just just let him be and he was just so free and just so you know unselfconscious and just loving it and feeling totally at home Hey, Hugh, I got to go back to my old school at Greenwood after 30 years recently, and I met a girl called Beck Ward who wants to make movies. And uh, yeah. after we made contact, she wants to be in the movie game. And I said, write me a question or two. She ended up writing me about 20. Her question was, uh, besides being away from your family and a large amount of time spent on the set, what do you feel is the most challenging aspect of being on a film set from Beck from the Greenwood High School? G'day, Beck from Greenwood. First of all, good luck. Um, and... 
You know, I'm not away from my family as much as people think. I've had to make it a pretty deliberate choice uh, to do that, to turn some stuff down. I try to make movies during the summer holiday, long summer holidays, if I can. Yep. Um, and I was a lucky point in my career where I have enough power to say, oh, I'll do it, but I can only do it at this time. So there's a couple of movies where I haven't. And being a part is by far the hardest thing. But we have a two-week rule. I'm, I'm never away from them for more than two weeks. I'll fly in, do something... Um, we managed to keep that. But I think it's um, every day of filming, let's say it's 12 hours, you might film all day, you might film all night, but mm. only two minutes ends up on the screen. Yeah. So it's really about consistency because you can turn up at 9 o'clock in the morning, be firing, and if you're tired at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and you're just not really on it, yeah. it could be that could be the close-up that's in the movie. You know, So it's just about being really sort of consistent, well-prepared and looking after yourself, uh, thats I'd say that's the most challenging bit. Hugh, the Whopper students see your name in the foyer every day. They have lofty dreams. They probably forget <laughs> that you also <laughs> lived on Viet Hoa in Northbridge and ate lots of uh, Viet Hoa, noodles. yes. I was trying to remember the name of it, yes. <laughs> Waiting the tables. Not to mention the Hari Krishnas. Two oh, bucks, three bucks Hare with Krishna. dessert. <laughs> yeah. oh. So they forget about that, but what was your first big ticket purchase with Hollywood money? Like, when you finally thought, I can actually splash out and buy a thing, what was your first thing? A second-hand Mercedes. Oh, oh. I remember it. It was a $17,000 car. And I've always I've inherited from my dad a bit of a fear of debt. So I'm okay with spending. Yep. I'm not a fan of getting into debt because I just think as an actor – as soon as you got debt, you're sort of making choices for that, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. So, you know, and I didn't really earn my first big money till I was like 30. So I'm used to living on less, but I just hated that idea. But I remember Deb and I are going to buy this $17,000, and that was after I did X-Men, and I was like, mm. oh... Yeah, so that was that was the first big ticket item. And we're just casually talking to Hugh Jackman. Being a fellow cricket tragic, mate, it really hurts when we lose the Ashes, and I'm sure you feel the yeah. same way. So, yep. so I thought, seeing we've lost the Ashes again, I thought I'd just I'll just pop you on hold, mate. I've just got a special guest for you, Hugh Jackman, Australian cricket legend, Justin Langer. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> Justin, how are you, mate? Good, mate. I've got, two, I've got two big questions for you. One, what have oh, you done with Buddy Hayes? I've got about 40 Hayden? questions for you, by the way, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> Could be you, here a while. Have, have, have you still got Matty Hayden's bat from 2005? I've never, got ever, the never ever one. seen a happier bloke in my life than he gave cricket bat in the Lord's change room. And you have a good time. In the Lord's change room, by the way, that was... I just remember how happy everyone was in the back, and I never forget Pigeon, Glenn McGrath, saying yep. we're going to roll these blokes, we're going to roll them five zip. You remember that? Oh, and yeah, and sadly it didn't and happen. Then it, and oh, then he rolled his ankle the very next <laughs> step. Bloody pigeon! Unbelievable! Pigeon. Unbelievable! It was it was amazing, mate. You, I got to tell you, you have given so many years of joy to me, my mates, to right across Australia. You're an absolute legend. Oh, and ditto, mate. Don't worry about that. This is this is a bit of a love fest. This is brilliant. I might stay on this all afternoon. That's, that's why I set it up, JL. I thought Kimber and I thought it'd be pretty sweet. You can have the question for Hugh while you're there. I have a favourite childhood memory, cricket memory. Definitely going to the centenary test. My dad, who has never missed a day of work in his life, never would let us take a day off school for anything, came home Thursday night. He goes, boys, you're not going to school tomorrow. We're like, what? He goes, I've got tickets to the centenary test. We drove down to Melbourne, sat and watched. Uh, My first memory was getting my seat in the outer and hearing, I remember hearing Rick McCosker's jaw get broken. Oh, remember that. I remember that. But that test match, that was by far the highlight for me, one of the huge highlights. 
Hey, Justin, uh, I'd love yeah. to hear it from your point of view. This, you know, obviously, we all watched what happened, that unbelievable series that just happened in England. I felt bad for the Aussies. You know, that when that morning we got out in an hour and a half for 60. Mm. You know, I mean, maybe you could say Steve Smith had a bit of a go at one outside us, but most of them pretty watchful. And I, I just thought, how unlucky to nick absolutely everything. Like, Yeah, maybe, most, maybe, yeah. but... But you've got to also, I mean, it did do it. It's always tough in England when it's swinging around, when there's a bit of cloud in the sky there. But we still also know it's allowed to swing. They're playing Ashes cricket. So um, whilst all of them are my mates, I was really disappointed that we didn't fight a bit harder and get through that first session. Because It usually gets easier the longer you're out there. Yeah. So what happened in the next test? They should have just let a lot more go, let it through, not play Yeah, mate, again, um, when the ball's swinging, it's always tough anywhere in the world. But... Having said that, we were just uh, England had a bit of momentum. The, you yeah. know what it's like as well as England. The, the press goes berserk over there. The momentum yeah. goes against Australia, and it gets it's bloody hard work. So, yeah, we talked about um, confidence. I, yeah, confidence. I kept thinking, yeah. how does like how do they feel when they wake up, go to bed at the end of that night? They're two hundred and forty for three or whatever it was. You know, how do how do you feel when you go to bed? I mean, or wake, how do you go to feel the next day? Because you got to. You pretty well, much it, know it's over, right? Yeah, put it this way. Cricket's an amazing mind game. When you score 100 or you're doing well, you jump out of bed, you can't wait to get to the ground. Yeah. When you have a yeah. day like that, you, you hit the snooze button about 15 times because you don't <laughs> want to get out of bed because you know yeah. you're walking into another nightmare. But look, we always know the Aussies keep fighting. It was a lot closer series that people think. I mean, the two games... We won, we yeah. thrashed England, and the three, they beat us, they thrashed us. So yeah. really yeah. unusual series, but I it guess was. in the end of the day, that's Ashes cricket for you. I'll tell you what, guys, yeah. you've given us Sorry, a great mate, idea. Okay. Like, Hugh, you no, need, to, you need yeah. to give us the phone number of some movie stars. We'll get some sporting stars, and we'll all get you together. <laughs> was, that was gold. That was uh, the intention there. <laughs> hey, JL, thanks for your time too, mate. All the best. Thanks, Justin. Great to talk to you, mate. Yeah, good on you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, good buddy. The best of Clairsy, Shane and Kimber on Mix 94.5.